Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is probably going to be a shorter uh, episode. Um, not a lot of news and notes. In fact, no news and notes. Nothing headline worthy that I wanted to uh, talk about. We'll have our injury report. We'll dive into keys to the game. There's only a couple uh, that I'm going to go over aside from the usual suspects like minimize mistakes and maximize play-making opportunities, which the Bears failed to do four or five straight weeks now. And, uh, you know, maybe the Lions is just the remedy that we need. Uh, but this is a team that's going to be looking different, uh, especially if you listen to the conversation we had with Jeremy Reisman yesterday uh, about, you know, maybe the offense might be a bit more uh, open than it was when Patricia was the coach. And now that Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, is out there with no uh, restrictions, not being reined in uh, by Patricia, that uh, things might be things might look a little different uh, for them. So. So we'll talk a little bit about that and and what I think the uh, what I think the Bears need to do in order to come out with a victory uh, on Sunday outside of the usual stuff that I have been uh, talking about. So let's uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. It's the Week 13 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Will the unlucky number 13 be a lucky one for our beloved in 2020? God knows we could use a little luck these days. Uh, Five-game losing streak. We went winless in the month of November. We've lost two straight division games, and uh, we've got a third on tap for Sunday when the Lions come to Soldier Field. What's going on, everybody? Larity back to Week 13 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And uh, I like to call this the deep dive, but we're not going to go that deep uh, today. Like I said, we are scarce on headlines. Um, you know, there really isn't anything going on. Out- I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, a lot of what we're seeing, uh, like for articles and stuff like that, are like mock drafts. And, um, you know, our good friend Eric Lambert from Sports Mockery r- writing some really great articles about like a mock off season or uh you know if the bears move on from ted phillips who the next president of the football team uh should be and stuff like that but you know it you know it's it's all conjecture it's all you know opinion and and you know stuff like that um you know who the gm should be to replace ryan pace the coach 
to replace Nagy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of good stuff. Read, read his stuff, sportsmockery.com, Eric Lambert. He posts on, on Twitter all the time. That's actually where I keep up with most of his uh, stuff. Plan on having him on the show uh, during the offseason um, to uh, – to kind of talk about some of the articles that he's written, especially if the Bears, in fact, do move on from uh, Pace and Nagy and, God forbid, Ted Phillips uh, as well. But um, really the only thing that's newsworthy as far as the Bears and their immediate future is the injury report. Uh, Two names especially kind of jump off the board at you. Um, Number one being Akeem Hicks, who was – not practicing yesterday, but was limited today uh, on Thursday. So some uh, light at the end of the tunnel, uh, you know, hopefully he can come back and be ready for the Bears uh, on Sunday. God knows that uh, we missed him terribly uh, against the Packers uh, this past Sunday. Uh, The other name, of course, being Khalil Mack, who popped up on the injury report yesterday on Wednesday and again today on Thursday, has not practiced yet this week, nursing a back injury. Coach Nagy says that's uh, precautionary, so we'll see. I doubt that Mac will miss the game. He's not that guy, but, uh, you know, back injury is nothing to mess with. Trust me, I know. Uh, in other uh, names, uh, Rashad Coward has been full go with a knee injury both on Wednesday and Thursday. Nick Foles limited yesterday, full go today. So he will likely be our backup on Sunday, which means the trigger can be pulled on him uh, again. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Buster Screen, Danny Trevathan all out with the the veteran days of rest on Wednesday, all full go today on Thursday. Uh, Jermaine Afidi, uh, nursing a leg injury of some kind, was limited yesterday and today. Uh, Charles Leno was out on Wednesday with a toe injury, limited today on Thursday. Sherrick McManus, uh, the hand injury, I guess that kept him out of the game from the Bear. Well, I don't know if it kept him out, but he was inactive uh, against the Packers on uh, Sunday. Uh, hand injury, but has been full go on Wednesday and Thursday this week. Barkevius Mingo, shoulder injury, but was full go yesterday and today. And let's see, Brent Urban, ankle and hand, but full go, so no real worries there. James Vaughters, knee injury, full go yesterday and today. And then James Woods, uh, who's more of a special teamer for us, full go with a foot injury on Wednesday and Thursday. So, you know, really, again, it's like the names of notes on the list. Nick Foles has returned full, you know, fully to practice. Akeem Hicks, in limited fashion, has returned. Uh, Charles Leno, limited, but in practice. And then, of course, Khalil Mack, not practicing at all so far uh, this week with the uh, back injury. So it perks the ears up when you hear about Khalil, not so much the the missing practice part, but more so the injury uh, part you know it's just uh injury is a part of the game and 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 Khalil I don't think has he missed the game since 2018 those two games that we kind of held him out um with that ankle injury uh when we we uh, you know could easily handle the Jets and the uh the Jets and the Bills before bringing him back to manhandle uh the Lions it was like like week eight and nine we held him out uh, just as a precautionary thing so he could be 100% again. I mean, I don't think he missed the game last year, despite it all, you know. And, and from what I hear, he was pretty banged up last year, but he kept playing 
anyway, you know, nursing something or other in practice and playing the game. And that's pretty much what he's been doing this year. And, you know, we kind of all, all saw how he was kind of got off to a slow start at the beginning of the year, and then it just seemed like when his name came off of the injury report, all of a sudden he was explosive, he was disruptive, and, you know, and making the plays that we've been waiting for him to uh, make. And uh, unfortunately, Robert Quinn on the other side hasn't been everything that we hoped he would be in replacing uh, Leonard Floyd. Everything that he has been everywhere else he's been whether it be the Rams, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, Robert Quinn has been a pass rushing specialist. He just not has has not had a good year uh, for the Bears this year. So, um, you know, hoping that changes because I think we're stuck with him for at least two years. So this year and, and next year for sure. And I think maybe we can wrangle loose of him in 2022 without a serious cap hit. So um, hopefully things will uh, be better in his sophomore season with the Bears. But then again, He's got five more games and not the highest level of competition in front of him, so maybe he can finish strong uh, for us and, and and improve upon the one sack that he has literally on his first snap as a Bear. He gets a strip sack against the Giants, and we haven't heard from him since as far as, you know, sacking the quarterback. So, But, I mean, that's really all I have right now for, for, for news and notes. Like I said, there wasn't really anything that happened this week and in, in Bears lore, but most of the stuff that I've been reading uh, have been articles about mock drafts and uh, and things like that. I saw one uh, fansided.com had the Bears. Um, I think we're we're at fourteen right now in the draft. It had the Bears trading up to number five to draft uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. And unless we have a new GM and a new coach, I will murder Ryan Pace if he does that. Because to move up nine spots in the first round of the draft to go get a quarterback, that's going to cost us, you know, and God only knows what it would cost us to do that. I mean, could quite possibly be next year's first round pick to do that. Probably would on top of, you know, whatever else we'd have to move up 10 spots to be able to to get him. Uh, Another one with the Bears sitting right at 14 had us taking that receiver out of Alabama, Waddle, with the 14th pick and and, you know probably not a bad idea considering that we might not have Allen Robinson so you put Waddle in there with Anthony Miller and uh you know Darnell Mooney that's a pretty pretty nice little young receiving core you know Riley Ridley still kind of working his way through it maybe he could you know that's not a bad you know foursome uh out there but um you know hopefully before the draft we'd have secured some kind of offensive line help or that's what we'd be drafting later on uh as well but uh it's not a bad pick at 14 that kid waddles a stud uh for alabama so that was about pretty much all it was and um i don't have eric lambert's article in front of me to for the latest mock off season that he had i don't remember who he had getting who who our general manager was going to be but i know that he had uh brandon staley the defensive coordinator for the Rams, a.k.a. our former outside linebacker coach, as the new head coach of the Chicago Bears and uh, made some interesting offseason moves. I think, you know, I think we we either I think we we uh, what do we do? We uh, franchised and then traded Allen Robinson. I don't remember to who for a second round pick and then signed Juju Smith Schuster in free agency. Wouldn't that be something? But uh, I doubt very much the Steelers would let him get away, but uh, we'll see. 
but uh, that was the one that I that was the one move that I could remember. It's like Staley was the head coach, and we we got you know Juju Smith Schuster in free agency and traded Allen Robinson. But um, you know it was more of a salary cap move, and I think we got rid of some other guys like Buster Screen and Jimmy Graham. You know just to trim the fat for salary cap space. But um, anyway. That's all I got right now, so let's go ahead and uh, move on to our uh, deep dive preview. You know, let's talk about some keys to the game and what the Bears need to do to come away with a victory for the first time since late October. <laughs> the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bearstock Underground also comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. And I'm talking, of course, about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put this deodorant on your armpits, so why aren't you putting it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls do stink. Speaking of sweaty, stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And... <laughs> Boy, they really paint a really great picture of what's going on down there, don't they? And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long. It's time to upgrade those uh, overused pair of boxers in Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped to get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. <laughs> Keys to the game for week number 13 between the Bears and the Detroit Lions. This is their their chance to exact revenge for a game they should have won week one. And, and I'm not saying that's a game they feel they should have won. I think we as Bear fans can admit they should have won the game. Despite 
uh, Mitch Trubisky and his fourth quarter heroics that got us the lead late in the ball game. Uh, our defense didn't almost didn't stop the Lions. In fact, if you want to be a dick about it, we didn't stop the Lions. DeAndre Swift, the rookie, made a rookie mistake uh, dropping the game-winning touchdown pass with six seconds to go, and the defense bailed us out on the final play to uh, run out the clock and secure uh, the victory. So the Lions had their shot. Um, you know, as you heard Jeremy say last night, it should have never gotten to that, should have never gotten to the point where, number one, the Bears were able to come back in the fourth quarter the way they did, and number two, it shouldn't have, you know, come down to the the rookie, you know, get, making a rookie mistake to, to lose the game uh, at the end. You know, the Lions dominated the game virtually for the first three quarters uh, of the ball game, and, uh, you know, should have won the game rather easily quite frankly, but uh, in the end, that did not happen. So they come to Soldier Field this Sunday with a, a new head coach and no general manager that I'm aware of, and uh, the head coach being Daryl Bevel, their offensive coordinator. He's serving as the interim uh, after they let Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, their general manager, go last Saturday after their embarrassing home loss on Thanksgiving Day to the Texans, who we play next weekend. Um you know, it just uh, you know if if going based on what what we heard from Jeremy yesterday, um, what they can expect or or what we could uh, expect from the offense is, you know, maybe put the ball more in Matt Stafford's hands to maybe take some shots uh, uh, downfield. He said that Patricia was more uh, old school and in, in you know kind of trying to build everything off of the run and get the running game going and maybe get play action going off of that and things like that and uh you know so maybe we'll see some more uh aggressive passing uh from the uh from the lions maybe uh getting the ball into tj hawkinson's hands he had a good day against the bears uh week one fortunately for us we won't see uh, kenny galladay at all uh in 2020 because he was out with an injury week one and he'll be out again uh, this week, you know, according to, to Jeremy, he won't play again this week. Uh, so the Bears get to miss Kenny Galladay altogether uh, in 2020. We won't have to see him until uh, next year, whenever that will be. So we luck out again as far as that goes. And, um, you know, as far as keys to the game, aside from the usual suspects, um, three things that we did not do last week was – minimize mistakes we did that all day long uh whether it be you know charles Leno's holding penalty after uh you know darnell mooney or i think it was either mooney or miller had gotten a first down on third down holding penalty brought that back uh mitch throwing it to a wide receiver that's got three dbs converging on him when he's got his favorite target his number one guy Allen robinson wider wider wide open across the middle uh, you know, in moments like that, um, overthrowing Anthony Miller, um, you know, what could have been a touchdown if he catches it kind of thing. Um, uh, maximize play ca- playmaking opportunities, which we also did not do. Cole Komet and Allen Robinson on back-to-back plays uh, missed out on an opportunity to score a touchdown uh, on the opening drive uh, and things like that. Uh, Jalen Johnson, when he leveled Martin Lazard, uh, I think his first name is Martin, but Lazard, the the wide receiver, just 
plowed into him if he's you know more interested in getting after the ball than he is about standing over his victim maybe he you know intercepts the ball while it's floating up there in the air instead it falls as usual innocently to the ground and no turnover just a pretty nice looking stick a legal one that he did not get flagged for thank god but uh one in fact that could have been enhanced if he had been uh you know heads up on the ball maybe he picks it off while it's floating up there uh in the air moments like that and then finally um you know it, it kind of got to a point where you know you didn't see a lot of guys living the next play mentality uh on sunday it just seemed like the everything kind of snowballed uh for the bears especially with the effort they seem to be giving defensively in the fourth quarter uh you know the i've seen i've read some uh, i think it was tayshawn gibson who addressed the media today saying that you know i guess he kind of takes offense to tony dungy saying that he thinks the the bears kind of quit uh in the end of the game he says that's not true i hope for his sake that it isn't uh true but at the same time when you go back and look at the effort we were giving in the fourth quarter what else would you call it you know i mean green bay had done all of their damage in the first three quarters uh of the game actually it was in the third quarter when we started to say we quit but you know the the shoddy arm tackles and poor attempts at making tackles especially on on williams last touchdown run to make it 41 to 10 uh, in the fourth quarter didn't look like a team that was determined to make something happen so very difficult to kind of talk his way out of that one so those are the regular ones that are kind of stuck on the bulletin board minimize mistakes maximize playmaking opportunities next play mentality have amnesia forget about what just happened move on to the next play we really don't see that enough with the bears you know for a team that is supposed to be known for its perseverance and never say die attitude. Something goes wrong. It's they don't really bounce back on the next play. You, you see them. It kind of lingers for the rest of the drive, uh, kind of thing. Uh, the main keys for this week's game, along for the usual suspects, for me, is um, to be patient with the running game. I mean, just look at what what David Montgomery did last week against the Packers you know take that I mean even if you take that 57 yarder off the board 10 carries 47 yards 49 yards something like that he finished with 103 so if you subtract 57 from that it's 46 so 4.6 yards a carry on 10 carries he need to have like 25 carries uh in that in that ball game I know we got behind early uh on that but let's assume for the moment that doesn't happen against Detroit. We don't fall behind early or it's a close game where we can't afford to run the football. Be patient with it. And what I mean by being patient, I don't necessarily mean run the ball more. I'm hoping that's what it results into. But what I mean is first down, you know, the second play of the game, David Montgomery, boom, breaks it 57 yards for nearly a touchdown. Gets us inside the five-yard line or the 10-yard the line. Very next play, we run the ball for a one-yard loss, and we only ran the ball like four more times in the first half, you know, total uh, after that, and uh, you know, only ten more times for the rest, or nine more times after that for the rest of the ball game, and you know, it 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 just seems like with the the patience of our play callers, whether it's Nagy and now 
uh, Bill Lazor, as soon as the run stops working, they stop calling it, you know, or at least that's how it feels anyway. Or they don't call the run unless it's a very obvious running situation, like a third and two or a fourth and one or something like that, where our defenders can see us coming from uh, a mile away and they load up the box with 28 defenders and somehow we can't figure out a way to block it to be more patient with the game, to actually uh, encourage Mitch uh, in those RPO situations to choose the run instead of the pass, get the ball in David Montgomery's hands. We seem to have a really good mixture uh, for the offensive line uh, on Sunday with, you know, despite Leno having the day that he had pretty much from Cody Whitehair at left guard over to the right tackle in Jermaine Afidi, who played better at right tackle than he had played at guard all season, basically. Sam Mustafar at, at center and Alex Bars at at right guard. It seemed to be a good mixture for at least giving Montgomery a chance to have a four and a half yard per average, um, a four and a half yard per carry average uh, on Sunday night. So let's be patient with it. Let's see if we can build off the run, maybe catch them off guard with some play action if they're gearing up to get after Montgomery and things like that because nobody in the league right now respects the Bears when they try to run uh, the football, or at least nobody respects us when we try to do uh, play action. Those DBs and linebackers, safeties and whatnot, they're not biting on the fake because they know or, you know, they don't have anything to worry about, you know, with the running game getting past the line of scrimmage. So why am I going to worry about Montgomery or, excuse me, about David Allen Robinson, you know, running wide open down the field or, Mooney running down the field. They hand the ball to to Montgomery. You know, the front four will be able to take care of that. So I'm going to run with with Robinson and not bite on the fake. And, you know, that results in, in what it does. So on offense, I want to see more patience in the running game. You know, if the, if the offensive line can step up like it did last Sunday against Green Bay, uh, you know, and we are able to get David Montgomery rolling the same way that we were last week. 50-yard runs aside, 4.6 yards a carry is damn good production for any running back. And it's, you know, stellar for hours. So with the way that the running game has been going since like week three. So, you know, I want to see more patience with the running game. They give up on it too easy. And, um, you know, I know we didn't have the numbers on our side because Green Bay had – a seven-and-a-half-minute drive to start the game. Then I think it was like another six or seven minutes to, for the second drive and then another 14-play drive to finish off the half uh, and everything. So the Packers had it for about 80% of the first half, so I get it. Um, you know. But it's just like you know, even when it wasn't like that and the Bears had the football, we were still pass, 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 as opposed to giving Montgomery an opportunity to run with the football to see if we could build on what we were doing. Not to mention, in past in this past Sunday's game, we could have used a little patience with the running game so as to not put Aaron Rodgers back out on the field and, you know, let him sit back and, and Swiss cheese our defense uh, the way that he did uh, last week. So, you know, I know that uh, Matt Stafford isn't Aaron Rodgers, but he's not far from uh, Aaron Rodgers. He has the the wherewithal and the ability and the arm to be able to cut us up if we sit back and let him, which leads me to my next key. We have to be more aggressive on defense. And I know that Chuck Pagano is probably doing it practically, um, 
you know, or in a more practical manner because we can't trust the offense. We make a mistake on defense and get burned for a big play or a touchdown that just digs a bigger hole for our offense to try to uh, fill and this year and last year as well. But uh, it's something they haven't been capable of overcoming. So I understand why he would be weary uh, of pulling the trigger on something like that. However, our pass rush hasn't been getting home the way that we want it to or the way that we need it to. So we're going to have to send some help. Just like, you know, last week I was talking about trying to help the offensive line, keep some running backs in, maybe keep a tight end or something in, or making sure that if our, when our running backs and tight ends go out for pass patterns, they are chipping the hell out of whoever, you know, they're, they're close to slowing down that pass rush to give Mitch uh, more time to throw the ball. I want to get some help for the pass rush. Send the linebackers. Send Eddie Jackson. Send to Sean Gibson. Send Buster Screen. Let's get some corner blitzes in there. I don't care. Let's mix it up. Let's be more aggressive. Let's get after uh, Matt Stafford and, and make some kind of impact. Because if there's one thing, you know, that we that forced turnovers more in 2018 when we had, you know, a, a super awesome, great defense, it was because our pass rush was getting home and it was disrupting the pocket and, and Mac was getting strip sacks and things like that or we were hitting the quarterback just as he threw the ball so it floated up in the air we come down with the interception I think it's necessary and it's time to do that throw caution to the wind we've lost five games in a row already so, you know it, you know so what if we're only you know a game or two off the pace uh for the for the last wild card spot let's focus more on winning this game as a, you know let's stop looking at the big picture think about this sunday and making the impact that we need to do to make the plays that can help us beat detroit you know if we can get after matt stafford as great a quarterback as he is he's a human being who can get rattled just like anybody else and if we get in there and we start hitting him he makes some happy feats he's going to make some silly throws and that can force some turnovers uh as well so you know, obviously we don't want to get carved up in the in the running game the way that we did against uh, Green Bay. But, uh, you know, the one thing that we really need to do is get after Matt Stafford. And uh, the pass rush isn't doing it alone. So we need to send Roquan or Danny Trevathan or something like that to shoot the gaps and, and get after it. You know, send six when they've got five blocking. Somebody needs to get home and get after the quarterback force a turnover, force a bad throw, you know, that kind of thing. I would like to see Pagano be more aggressive on defense. To hell with it all, man. What else do we have to lose at this point? You know, it's just losing this, you know, whatever. Just go out there and do everything you can. Uh, and I think that it would be, you know, awesome for Bear fans to see us playing to win instead of playing not to lose. We are far too talented on the defensive side to be as conservative as we've been at times this year you know we have the horses uh at virtually at, at literally at every level uh of the defense with mac and hicks and i don't know what's going on with robert quinn but he's usually uh been a stud and we got roquan who's having a good year danny trevathan's kind of bounced back we got fuller on one side johnson on the other and you know eddie jackson who's, uh, you know, generally a ball hawk. And Tayshawn Gibson's been good for us as well. So, I mean, we've got, we've got horses on the defensive side. Let's, uh, let's let loose the reins for them and let them run. Let's get after uh, Stafford. Let's try to make some things 
happen. Let's try to be aggressive and get the ball back and, and get it back to Mitch. We're playing the Lions, dude. Mitch plays awesome against the Lions for some reason. Let him go out there and get after uh, Detroit and uh, you know see if we can put some points together and get our defense a lead to play with for once. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, it wasn't going to going to be a long show today not a lot of activity outside of what could be as far as the offseason and the articles that i was reading uh this week and we talked about the injury reports and those are the two big main keys outside of the the usual suspects that i want to see the bears do be far more patient uh in the running game because it just seems like any time that the run doesn't work it's going to be a long time until we see it again you know whether it's uh just randomly pulling it out or doing it in an obvious running situation. And I would like to see Chuck Pagano throw caution to the wind and, and be a bit more reckless on defense. Let's go with some some blitzes, whether it's run blitzes or especially on passing downs, get after Matt Stafford, attack him, you know, force him to, to, to you know try to make some throws when he's under pressure. You know, maybe we can jar the ball loose or, you know, force him to make a throw early on things like that to try to generate some mistakes and and get the football back in our hands. Maybe get our offense on a short field so they don't have to to go 90 yards to uh, to uh, to score a touchdown or or get in field goal range and and things like that. That's what I'd really love to see from the Bears uh, this week uh, in an effort to end this five game losing streak, get back to 500 keep pace in the playoffs and uh, you know see if that uh, see if getting a win and getting back to club dub for the first time since mid-october can kind of change the mood around Hallis hall uh lately because it's been very grim since that win over the um over the panthers and uh, i would like to see that change so that's all i got uh for this week uh come on back on monday for the bear up and bear down uh, episode see uh how the th- how things went with the lions did we get the sweep and draw even in our division record at two and two and uh getting ready for deshaun watson's arrival in soldier field uh, speaking of which we'll have brett coleman uh from uh, battle red on uh, sb nation to uh, help us preview the game next week um looking forward to talking to uh brett uh again not only does he make those awesome episodes but he is a texans fan so we'll see if we can get him in uh, and, and what we can look forward to uh, on uh, on Thursday when we have him back as well. But come back on Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down, and then we'll have the deep dive review uh, on Tuesday with knee-jerk reactions and all that kind of fun. So come back on Monday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.